0: Dennis Stewart, welcome. And we have been talking about winter ills over the past little while and uh, coughs are one of those ills. Indeed. Uh, you're going to come up with perhaps a surprising thought to help with
1: coughs. Oh, it's, it's, it's a very, very exciting concept of how to deal with coughs, particularly in this season, using very simple ingredients to make a very effective cough preparation. We'll talk about it in a moment.
0: On Health Naturally, Uh, Dennis, we are talking about coughs and ways Mm. of making it feel better.
1: We are indeed, and look, at this time of the year, um, there are many coughs around, (laughs) obviously. But I was encouraged to take up this topic today and to speak about a very simple cough syrup which uh, anyone domestically can make, and expect great results from it. I was encouraged to talk on this topic because yesterday I received a call from a dear friend of mine who now lives in Queensland, a very elderly lady, but a lovely lady that studied with me many years ago and uh, very well educated, but very much devoted, if you like, to natural medicine. And she's in a very compromised state at present, lives on her own as many elderly people do, getting good medical care when she can get it, although she's reluctant to leave her house. She's had a nasty respiratory infection recently, which left her with a residual savage and irritable cough. And I I questioned her. And uh, basically, she said, Dennis, what do you recommend? What can you do for me? I said, well, have you been to your pharmacy? She said, I've tried nearly every pharmacy preparation. She said, nothing works. And uh, she said, I've used the antibiotics the doctor prescribed and they've they've eased some of the discomfort. She said, but I'm left with the cough. I said, Penelope, have you heard of what we have referred to frequently over the years as, as um, onion syrup? Oh, she said, Dennis, my mother used to make that preparation for me back in England many years ago and she said it was very effective I said Penelope it's very effective today and it's something that you can do in your home without compromising yourself by going outside of your home and perhaps causing an aggravation of it and she was jubilant knowing that that simple preparation which I'll talk about in a moment which I refer to as onion syrup uh, has been in our history if you like in our culture, in our tradition, for many, many, many years, but like all simple workable things, natural, has been forgotten. And so I indicated or I went over the procedure, which is very simple, on how to make the onion syrup or what is also uh, known at times as uh, the, the oxymel of onion. And I'll explain the differences in a moment. Essentially, using the benefit of the onion, and I'll talk about the profound uses of the onion, a very, very overlooked food. And coming down from the uh, the hunter this morning, I was uh, mulling over the whole history of, of what I was going to talk about, and it was Hippocrates, Hippocrates, way back in the days of the Greeks that extolled the virtues of the onion in the uh, early system of medicine uh, practiced by the Greeks, and uh, he then coined the term that food is your best medicine. And we tend to lose sight of that. And the onion is a food. And he was spot on when he spoke about the virtues of onion. Onion is a remarkable food for easing uh, cough conditions, particularly when blended with uh, a solvent, uh, a substance to extract its goodies, either well, honey, although sometimes in the past my wife has uh, acceded to using just uh, straight out sugar, but let me just explain the difference. Honey, uh, the, the onion syrup is a preparation that, that uses, if you like, uh, sugar as an agent to sprinkle on the sliced onion to extract the active chemistry of the onion and make a syrup of it. An oxymel, that's an old term, older pharmacists would know the term, an oxymel refers to a preparation that incorporates honey and so an oxymel of onion can also be manufactured along the same lines as the syrup of onion either of them work well but honey in itself has some antitussive, and that means anti-cough activity which in my view make it the superior means of extracting the sliced onion and making a liquid preparation that will emerge as the sliced onion is allowed to soak in the honey. And then, by straining off the liquid, you have what's called honey, or honey oxymel, or honey syrup if you use the sugar. Essentially what you're doing with either of those, but in preference, uh, honey, pure honey, what you're actually doing is extracting the essential oil, the aromatic constituents, if you call them that, uh, from the onion, which give it, as I've said, this anti-cough potential and also a suspected antimicrobial or antibacterial effect uh, on the upper part of the respiratory system. A very effective and simple preparation, which I'll go over again in a moment and give some examples of how we discovered it how we used it as a young family uh, living on the Central Coast and how I've recommended it uh, over my many, many years to many, many clients and patients. And dear Penelope, yesterday uh, was one who had been exposed to it and used it Uh, back in England when it was a popular preparation made domestically to handle the irritable residual coughs associated with. Respiratory infection.
0: Health naturally, Dennis Stewart. And we're on to onion syrup, honey and onion syrup. And uh, well, do you cook this preparation, Dennis?
1: Okay. That's a, a very good uh, question. You can make it in various ways. In the old days, before we had sophisticated equipment, um, the, the, the onion was uh, actually baked in the stove until it became soft and mushy. And then the juice was pressed out of it and mixed with either honey or sugar these days we do it a little bit more effectively and this is the way my wife did it when our kids were growing up you'd get a hot onion and when i say a hot onion not the the, the spanish onion the the uh, maroon onion that's nice in salads but get the onion a brown onion or a white onion that's as hot and as pungent as could be because that indicates that the the the, the food the onion is full of the chemicals that give it characteristics. I could talk all day about the benefits of the onion. Years ago, I I lectured on the way in which it had been medically presented that um, using a whole onion per day had beneficial consequences if it was continued on cholesterol levels and also blood pressure. Mm. And that's a medical reference which I've lectured on, but quite apart from that, the onion contains pungent principles, which I said earlier, have, has anti-tusive, that means anti-cough activity, and also some antimicrobial, which is antibacterial action. And the simple way to do it today is, as my wife did it when we were a young married couple back on the Central Coast with our kids, get a hot or pungent onion, put it into slices, just cut it into slices, put it in a bowl, My wife in our younger days would just use brown sugar and sprinkle it over it. There's no particular, uh, how can you call them, proportions. Just sprinkle it over, a good dose if you like, and let it stand in the bowl, probably all day. At the end of the day, you'll come and you'll find you'll have a syrup in the bowl, which you strain off. Leave the onion behind because all the goodies are out of it. So you just strain the liquid off, which is a pungent, Pleasant, sweet, takeable syrup, which my kids, when they had the problem, would necessarily take and it would get them through the night without the irritable cough that keeps parents awake. (laughs) So that's a simple preparation. But quickly, I would say these days also we're more inclined to pour a, a fair amount of pure honey over the onion in order to get what's called the oxymel of honey, Still call it syrup if you want, but pour honey over it, and you also get the benefits of honey, as well as the benefits of onion. So, oxymil or syrup of honey, easy to make.
0: Last question mm. on that one: mm. You peel the onion first?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, get get rid of the outside. Um, the outside, the outside of shell. It. Yeah, but all, the whole, the, the rest of it. Just leave it whole. Just leave it, but slice it. Slice it. Slice okay. it so that you've exposed as much yes. of the of the uh, of the uh, onion. Uh, to the honey or to the sugar um, and leave it there, as I've said, well, no particular time, but say leave it. If you make it in the morning, leave it till the afternoon and you'll just go back and pour off that syrup. And we used to give it to our kids in teaspoonful dosages, adults, a couple of teaspoonfuls. And uh, it's a very pleasant uh, preparation to use. And despite uh, the, the odour of the of the onion, uh, you'll, you'll bless me once you've used it because it does work.
0: Dennis, we have Alan on the line from Cary Bay. He's rung in. And uh, Alan, your nine month old grandson has eczema, which is causing some problems, concern, anyway. Yes, correct. Uh, afternoon,
2: Dennis.
1: Hello, um, Alan.
2: We, um, we've looked at his, um, the doctor's given him some uh, steroid cream, yes. and we have. Using yeah, some sawblaine on him, but he's, he's definitely flares up, and especially around his face and his little joints and yes, things yes. like that. So we're, we're a, I did hear you once before we talked about. I'm not sure if it was primrose all yeah. and other things yes. that you yeah. sort of said was okay, but yeah. I'm just not sure with him being nine months and only yeah. years. So. And look, th- th- th-
1: this is the issue, Alan. You know me well enough to know that. But the first thing I would say is that the child must be under medical. Um, care or and perhaps even a pediatric care. Uh, so what I'm going to say now um, is said on the basis that your um, grandson is being well monitored medically because a skin condition with a, a young child necessarily needs to be monitored. Uh, but I'm sure your your doctor will have not a great deal of objection to what I'm going to say uh, because it's pretty simple and. Um, is straightforward and it has helped many of my patients uh, over the years. Uh, what I have mentioned is that Oil of Evening Primrose has a good reputation uh, particularly in our system of medicine, although it's beginning to catch on in, in the mainstream. Um, oil of Evening Primrose has a good reputation even with young children where um, in the literature even just smearing the oil onto uh, the the skin uh, particularly when the skin is not uh, vigorously inflamed or discharging Uh, there's no recommendation um, apart from what a doctor would give to take the oil orally although I'm not aware of there being any toxicity associated with it but in one of the references I have and I have used this actually on uh, my patients um, uh, adult patients uh, who have been uh, unable or reluctant to take the primrose oil orally, applying it uh, to the skin, massaging it on the skin, has seen some uptake of the essential fatty acids through the skin sufficient to bring about some degree of relief. If the, when the skin of the, or when the eczema is in its, uh, say, mild level and where it's not discharging or seriously inflamed, it might be uh, useful to apply a little bit of the Oil of Evening Primrose on that site and expect, if you like, some reduction in the symptoms at that level and maybe an uptake of it um, that will have a benefit systemically. Discuss that with your doctor, he can look to the computer and see that there's uh, some references to it being used that way. I have a, a text that I've lectured from at home uh, I th- by an English lady, a very good reference that talks extensively about the ways of using oil of evening primrose in eczema, and I recommend it obviously for all eczemas, particularly in adults, where it takes a little while uh, to actually assert itself. Uh, but being a nutritional substance, it's foundational in my, in my treatment. Run that past your G- GP. But the other thing I'm, I'm going to say, and this is more controversial. But um, I worked many, many years ago uh, at at, a practice in in Redleaf Avenue, Burunga, and um, it was a very busy practice, and one of my associates there um, was a lady who was very, very uh, good uh, in treating kids' conditions and very, very good on what we might call allergies. And foundational to her treatment was insisting that the kids with this problem be given a trial of all cow's milk products. Now that might sound a little bit revolutionary, but it it is not as revolutionary as you think. And again here uh, I have a a text at home, a medical text, which talks about the therapeutic uses of goat's milk as as opposed to using cow's milk products. Now goat's milk is much easier uh, to get today than it was. We, believe it or not, as a young married couple uh, in in the heart of Gosford had a couple of goats and my children went from their mother's breast straight away onto our goat's milk and we had them lined up, by the way, uh, to get to get the goat's milk. It is something that has a reputation of potential benefit. You can get the goat's milk from the supermarket, talk it over with your GP. There are two things I would suggest. Uh, a topical application of primrose oil, monitored by your GP, and uh, if the child is using cow's milk products, talk about moving towards a, tri- a trial on, on goat's milk.
2: So we're, he's currently on formula. Yes, and we were only just talking the other day yeah. about when he would go to cow's milk, and it was when he was twelve months old. Yes. So are you saying that cow's milk may? Exacerbate the
1: eczema, or I, I'm not even saying that it that it is behind it. All I'm saying is that in my experience, where you have uh, an eczema and where the child is using um, products or cow's milk-based products, our experience has been moving them from that to trial goats' milk. Sometimes is a breakthrough experience. Not always. It would be too simplistic for me to say, oh, get them off cow's milk and all will be well. No, I'm saying that in some situations it's worth a trial. Okay, appreciate
0: that. Dennis Stewart with 2NURFM's Health Naturally today. Uh, We've been talking about coughs. And Paul from Hamilton South, you've got uh, something to contribute on coughs.
1: Yes, I have. How are you, Dave? Hello, Paul. I'll just give you a little recipe that I had
2: while I'm out in the bush. I have Mickey Rupert's leaves, water, boil it up, and wild honey. And I uh this a weekend, mate. He, he, he done the talk to them. And he mixed it all up with that. And then uh, he got wild, I don't think if he can it now, but wild onions and t- cut the leaves off it and boil it with it. And I sip it the next morning. I'm surface free.
1: Isn't that wonderful? That's oh, well, wonderful. It's always well done, Paul. Good to know
0: that there are good results, isn't it? Uh, Joe, you've rung in from Warner's Bay, and uh, you like the idea of using onions for more things than just coughs. Yes.
2: Well, good afternoon, Dennis. Oh, hello. Um, many years ago, when my son was a little boy, I yes. got advice from a naturopath yes. um, because he got earaches yes. all the time yes. and one night in the middle of the night and I didn't have anything but I had an onion and I was able to put that into the microwave soften it up and squeeze the juice let it cool and I popped it into his ears. Now he was three and I never had a whimper out of him all night so um, (laughs) yes I've heard it's very good
1: That's the the old fashioned way of doing it and it still works uh, to this day. In fact uh, I have a textbook at home, which a page of which I brought in uh, talking about what you were talking about there with reference to preparing it. I'll just read a section from it. Um, uh, It goes like this. The pungent onion, possibly the most used in former times of all family remedies, is still much used in country districts and even in cities by mothers who were taught it's virtues in their childhood. I wonder if they we still teach mothers about the, the, the onion preparation. The, the, the article goes on to say um, in or the onion is extremely useful in coals, coughs, and even croup in children, and when properly prepared, also in coals and coughs in older people. And getting back to what you were saying, uh, in former times, the article says, when wood and coal stoves were in use, onions were placed in the compartment of the stove, which led from the fireplace to the chimney. They were left there until thoroughly soft, then mashed so the juice could easily be squeezed out of it. Honey was added to this onion juice and given in teaspoonful dosages every half hour or so, or as often as required. So the old fashioned way is as you've spoken about, it still works uh, by doing it that way. Uh, And there is a lot of references to using uh, honey as a topical agent uh, for ear conditions, particularly in that older form, albeit uh, I'm obliged to say, as you would expect me to say, uh, ear conditions in kids needs to be well and truly monitored, and um, it if in a condition like this, um, you would be wise always to get it looked at by the GP, but frequently an earache is just something that occurs without any serious pathology, and in this case, what you've done, I would certainly applaud and encourage others to use it.
2: Well, I know it saved me because he was just in agony yeah, and dear, um, it worked dear, really, dear. really, really well.
1: And, and that's, to you, be, that's to be expected because I, I could talk all day about the therapeutic possibilities of a simple food like this. In the old days, even more serious uh, chest conditions uh, were used in, if a patient had something like a, a pleurisy or even something more serious like a pneumonia these days of which uh, would be treated, and rightly so, with, with antibiotic therapy, a poultice, a poultice. You know, the term these days has been largely lost, but a poultice would be made of uh, onions that have been prepared exactly the same way as you spoke about, honey Honey that had been heated uh, and uh, which subsequently had been pulped and then placed uh, uh, with an appropriate medium over the chest Uh, while it was still warm, of course, the the preparation, and it would give um, a significant degree of relief from the discomfort and even some of the breathing distress associated with that. And I could see no way in which that simple preparation of a pulped, warm, uh, honey preparation placed on the chest could clash with the modern emphasis on using oral antibiotic therapy. It could be a good complement to it.
0: Could indeed. Mm. And thanks for your call, Joe. Now we're changing topic now, Dennis. Yes, and yes. Karen has rung in from Singleton. Yes. Uh, Karen, you've got a problem with a frozen shoulder.
3: Uh, yes, I have. Um, good morning. Hello,
1: um, Karen. Hi. Um, thank you for taking
3: my call. Um, I have in both shoulders... Um, Tendonitis and bursitis. Yes. Um, and one shoulder, I also have a slight tear. Yes. Which I found out about last June with yes. ultrasounds and x-rays. Yes. Um, I've never been in constant pain with it. Um, I've had physio and I'm doing exercises and it, it is improving, um, but I still can't reach behind my back. Okay. Too much. So, um, and I have a monthly massage. So um, I'm being patient. I haven't gone down the road of cortisone injection so I was just wondering what your
1: thoughts are is there anything that you can help me with please and and Um, you're not uh, writhing in agony or anything like that Karen Uh, well that's good and it's already on the the move to heal Um, well whatever you're doing is working so I wouldn't advise anything um, other than um, maybe a, a useful topical preparation which would encourage blood flow and yes. a stim- which would in turn hopefully stimulate uh, some healing and a reduction in the inflammation and you, yes. you would could go to your pharmacy up there and he would know the preparations i'm talking about a preparation yes. that would contain what's yep. called the resin of capsicum
3: resin of capsicum yes. of
1: ca- and and the, the um, and, and and the use of the herb arnica arnica arnica, arnica and the resin of capsicum uh, okay. Is is in uh, a couple of well known preparations, uh, yep. one of which is very well known in the district, and your pharmacy would know about it. I had a little bit to, to do in helping the people develop it. It is a very very useful agent to promote to promote uh, uh, speeding up of the the uh, con, uh, re- resolution of this condition and seeking yep. and seeking to reduce some of the residual inflammation. The preparation should also uh, most certainly uh, stimulate some additional movement capacity. So I would suggest you you don't, in my opinion, don't need a lot any oral medication, but yep. using a topical preparation based on those two um, simple natural substances, I think could help you, Karen. Oh, good. Oh,
3: thank you so much for that, Dennis. Pleasure. I, um, yeah, I'll definitely try that for. Um, as that preparation. So thank
1: you so much. Take care. Thank you, Karen.
0: And all the very best. Uh, Judy has rung in from Corlett. Judy, you have a son who's 12 and has some large lip ulcers. Hello.
2: Hello, Hello Judy. Judy. Hello. Hi. Okay. Hi. And, and, um, my uh, grandson who's 12 or turning 12
1: this
2: yes, month, yes. Um, he's getting all the time lip ulcers inside the lips, swollen lips, um, and they're becoming very painful, and he's been on antibiotics and um, various creams for the lips, but it doesn't seem to be helping.
1: Now they're definitely ulcers, and um, they're not cold sores.
2: Well, there was a cold sore on the outer, but it's his. It, the inside of his lips are all puffy.
1: Okay. Well, a couple of suggestions here. Um, and there are only suggestions I would uh, again here because of the location where it is and seemingly the uh, conflicting interpretation of it, uh, I'd I'd prefer it if you run it past uh, his doctor. It seems to me that it could be more like a cold sore preparation. Anyway, I'll make a few recommendations. Uh, There there is a substance called lysine, L-Y-S-I-N-E. Now, yeah. lysine is an amino acid and there are many preparations in the marketplace, in the pharmacy and in health food stores that contain lysine, which is an agent that is usually used to address um, cold sore uh, preparations. And I would recommend that that be considered uh, as a supplement okay. to use to just cover that contingency. The The, the other thing is that um, ulcers... And uh, particularly mouth ulcers, um, in herbal medicine, have long been treated by a herb called myrrh, M Y R H, and uh, a compounding pharmacist may have a preparation called tincture of myrrh.
2: What uh, was the first word?
1: Tincture, T I N C T U R E, tincture of myrrh. Now, a tincture just means it's a liquid preparation. That has been used to extract the active chemistry from the herb myrrh. Right. Now that that is called up in the British herbal pharmacy, uh, pharmacopeia, as having a specificity for mouth ulcers, and this is getting close to it when you're talking about lip ulcers. I would suggest, um, if it were a a mouth ulcer and it was uh, on the inside of the mouth, I usually recommend um, a mouthwash. Uh, yes,
2: he's been having mouthwashes, okay. and um, he's um, also um, been on antibiotics. Okay. He's had it three times okay.
1: this year. Okay. If he's been using an, an, a mouthwash, um, a mouthwash based on the tincture of myrrh, and what this usually means is that about a teaspoonful of the preparation is placed in a, in a small tumbler and, and, and water, warm water, is poured on to make a solution yep. and you'll notice that the uh, solution goes milky milky white don't be yeah. distressed about that that's just the, the 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 breakdown of the chemistry of the tincture uh, breaking down in the water now that has proven to be or lived up to its reputation in being able to address certainly ulcers when they occur on the inside of the mouth but in as much that he's been using a mouthwash already, it would seem that the doctor or the pharmacist is uh, concluding that that also would have a spillover effect, if you like, to address the ulcer if it's occurring on the lips. So I would be suggesting, say, some lysine. The other thing that, uh, from a nutritional perspective, 12 years of age is probably going through a growth spurt. At that stage, in my opinion, young people need to be bolstered uh, nutritionally. I would suggest, I would suggest, while you're at the health food store or pharmacy, you get a preparation with some vitamin C and bioflavonoids. He has been
2: having the vitamin C. He must take
1: it with the bioflavonoids. Bioflavonoids have a relationship uh, to uh, mucous membrane surfaces and uh, with vitamin C are uh, one of the best ways of helping speed up uh, the healing of a lesion. If you, yeah. you, if you get him onto some lysine, some vitamin C with the bioflavonoids and also uh, with a preparation of tincture of myrrh best prescribed by a compounding pharmacist, um, I would be surprised if that didn't take up. Because he's 12 years of age, what I would also do is put him on a course of the American herb Echinacea. Yep. Now, Echinacea has long been used in our profession as a a remedy very useful for kids that are getting recurring uh, conditions, bacterial, viral, or or otherwise. Okay. Uh, that's That's not an expensive approach. Uh, But if if he's under his GP, his GP should be informed as to what he's doing so that he can be monitored.
0: Health Naturally on 2NURFM with Dennis Stewart. And we have been talking about honey and onions today. George has rung in from New Lambton. George, you've got a comment to make on honey.
1: That's right. Can you hear me? Hello, George. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, George.
2: Um, I love honey. Good. But... Makes me sneeze or my nose run, something terrible, and I, I love eating it. So, what's the problem? Dinner.
1: Okay, look. Sometimes that is related to the the honey and where it's come from. Um, bees get honey from various plants uh, and in various locations. Um, it may be that the brand of honey or the where the honey has been collected from could mean that the honey is bearing some principles in it which to you uh, are stimulatory to an allergic reaction Um, honey also contains a small amount of propolis which again uh, in some people uh, can cause um, an allergic reaction I've not seen too much evidence of that my best suggestion would be and I'm glad you are a honey fan because I consider it to be one of God's gifts to mankind, uh, what I would suggest is move around um, and get uh, uh, honeys from different um, sources or locations or different honeys uh, collected from different plants. For instance, you can get a spotted gum honey. You can get a, a honey from that's a lavender honey. Uh, usually it's on the label in some of the better honeys as to where... The honey has been extracted from or what is the dominant plant that the honey has been collected from. I would suggest you give that a try. Um, I would be surprised if that didn't have some virtue associated with it. Um, have you tried that along the way, George?
2: No, I always buy it at the same
1: supermarket because it's cheap there. Yes, yes. Well, look, uh, and, and that's fine. Um, And this is no way at all is discouraging you from doing that. But what I would be suggesting is do what I've said. Look for uh, a local honey. Look for a honey that is guaranteed to be pure Australian. Now, the reason I'm saying that and this in no way is a reflection on any supermarket or any retailer, but we do know, we do know that sometimes honey has been subjected uh, to um, mixing or blended with other substances for all sorts of reasons, sometimes economical. And that may be a contributing factor to the uh, allergic reaction you're having. What I suggest you do is when you're in the supermarket, uh, go into the aisle where, where the honeys are and I, I get some very good products from our supermarket up in the, in the Hunter. But ask one of the uh, staff there to um, put you in contact on the shelf with a honey that it purports to be pure and totally Australian collected and hopefully or ideally um, extracted from a well-known thing like a yellow box or... Um, one of the gums, but spotted gum or yellow box, I'm not aware of anyone ever reacting to those. I think you might have to spend just a little bit more, uh, and only spend a small amount of money initially. I get a, a small jar of a honey that coincides with what I've said: pure, raw, purely Australian, and ideally from one of the uh, the eucalypts, either the um, yellow box or spotted gum. Try that and see if that gives you any breakthrough.
0: Yes, all the very best with Mm. that, George. Mm. And, uh, well, we're almost at the end, but Mm. we're still going. Uh, Dennis, so honey, uh, is there a scientific explanation as to why honey's so good?
1: Okay. Look, first of all, let me just say that in any uh, reference, any credible reference today, there is usually uh, mention of experiments that have been done using honey in its various forms particularly honey syrups or what I call honey oxamels as well and using them in and comparing them with some of the uh, preparations in our pharmacies and supermarkets and it's been shown that honey preparations are very very competitive if not superior to many of the cough preparations that are based if you like on more pharmaceutical products. Not in any way am I putting those down. But I'm just saying that incredible literature points out that modern experiments have demonstrated that honey's ability to soothe and sedate coughing is as significant as some of proprietary medications. We suspect that that is associated with what's called a demulcent effect. That means a soothing effect on the membranes that are inflamed and triggering the co- uh, and stimulating the cough also these days we are aware that honey brings with it some useful antimicrobial activity which may explain its benefit particularly when used when there's been an infection active
0: oh that's wonderful to know mm. how good honey is, is in all rounds and, and fo- the onion mm.
1: The, well, with the who, onion. Who, who would have thought who, who would have thought what well, I mean one day we'll take the topic up again. but I've said a lot today on the onion and again I would challenge people to get on the net and see that an onion a day has that potential that I spoke about earlier as being useful for cholesterol reduction, as being useful as a contributing agent to blood pressure management.
0: And that's health naturally for today. Thank you, Dennis Stewart.
1: Thank you, Jane.